welcome to the podcast for people turning the great American RV adventure into stressless camping. We're glad you joined our weekly adventure. Now let's gather around the campfire with our hosts, Peggy and Tony Barthel. Welcome to the campfire and thank you, Larry, for the generous introduction. Uh, look over there. There's Peggy. Hey, here I am. And hey, look over there. There's Tony. What do you know about all what that? You know? We did a thing. We did a thing. It was It was kind of a big deal it was it was um <laughs> it was kind of fun yeah it actually was what did we do we cleaned the camper yeah <laughs> strangely but not enough just you know like a little surface clean yeah we didn't just surface clean we did a little spring cleaning before our trip we took every single thing out of the camper took out all the stuff out of the cabinets and wiped down the inside of the cabinets kind of reassessed what was in there cleaned it all up, ran all the dishes through the dishwasher, decided what we really need to keep and what we don't. Okay, so the funny thing is, you know, as you have an RV, you basically keep collecting stuff. Like you're at a show and you're like, ooh, look, pink flamingo glasses. Gotta have those. those. Ooh, look, pink flamingo sunglasses. Gotta have those. <laughs> ooh, look, pink flamingo well, we, we didn't lights. have that much pink flamingo Well, stuff. I know, but I mean, it's like all this stuff. Camper ooh, everything. Oh, look what our parents gave us for Christmas this year. Some coffee yeah. mugs. <laughs> yeah, and eventually you're packing for a three-day trip and you're like, dear God, the back of the pickup is full. The back, the back seat of the pickup is full. Every cabinet we, inside the camper is full. Yeah, why do we need all this stuff? And so we literally took every single item not attached to the camper out of the camper. And we, as Peggy said, we ran all the soft stuff through the washing machine and all the dishwasher stuff through the dishwashing machine. Yep. And so that cleaned that up. And then with everything out of all the cabinets, uh, we could clean out the cabinets which even though you know they're closed and all that they're still they get some dusty in yeah, yeah they they do so everything got super cleaned and all that and the best thing is we could sort out what was going to go back and how it was going to go back yeah and what wasn't and it's amazing how much stuff didn't go back and it's also amazing how that we have a decent sized kitchen in my opinion and in the sticks and bricks, <laughs> and right? The stuff literally covered all the um, <laughs> all the ca- you know countertops, and yeah. we have a dinette because our had, kitchen's kind of fifties. Yeah, we had camper stuff all over the dinette table on all the on all the kitchen counters, and we kind of had everything spread out so we could figure out what was there and sort through it. And but yeah, it took up a lot of space, yeah. which you didn't. We didn't think we had that much. Because the camper's not that big. No, it's a 19-foot travel trailer. <laughs> and yet, it's amazing how much cabinet space there is because right. it fills a whole house when you spread it out, or a whole <laughs> kitchen when you spread it out. The other good thing is there were broken drawers and broken drawer assemblies. And so I got to fix those so that this camper could be rolled down a hill and flipped over and those drawers are going to be still intact. (laughs) I screwed and glued the brackets that the drawers sit on and now I believe they are permanent. Well, I hope so because we use them. Yeah, We only have, by the way, two drawers completely in the whole camper. So 
<laughs> Yet they're both broken in some they way. They were both broken, so they're better now. Yep, and they're probably going to be less likely to break because they're probably a lot lighter, too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> left some things out. We kind of talked about uh, whether we needed certain of the stuff that was in there for camping with our friends versus traveling just the two of us together. So we kind of separated some things out, too, that we don't necessarily need on our long traveling trips together, but things that I have in a little box that will get tossed back in when we go camping for a weekend with friends. Yeah. Yeah. So we, the other thing we did is we put a lot of stuff in totes in those sort of see-through totes and um, they, in the front cabinets, those totes fit perfectly. Yeah. They're totes adorable. Oh gosh. Mm, sorry. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> it's totes adorbs. Oh, well, excuse me. I'm not hip <laughs> like all you kids. <laughs> the totes and such and that way we can take what we need in and out and i know what's the black tank tote what's the hooking up tote that even has a an apron in it because of getting trailer ball grease on our clothes so many times yeah so we bought special aprons just for keeping the grease off of our clothes yes Uh, i you know i always said i don't know why trailer ball grease gets on you and then you go and kick that ball and then you say some things that makes the other campers Look at you like, man, how rude. (laughs) There's an article about this over on Stressless Camping. Uh Uh-huh. That's a good place to look. Yeah. And speaking of Stressless Camping, how would you like to help support this Stressless Camping podcast and website for free? Oh, why wouldn't anybody want to do that? Well, you can. Our discounts and deals page on our website has all kinds of great deals and discounts that we enjoy ourselves. But we also have a link to our Amazon store. And if you buy stuff on Amazon, which of course we all do, if you click on that link first, we get a teeny tiny cut of what you buy. Now, that doesn't raise the price of what you pay at all. But it does. Basically, Amazon just wants to see if we're referring people. And so they give us a teeny tiny cut if you click that link. And so it helps support us and doesn't cost you any more. And you still get to buy stuff on Amazon. So it's kind of cool. Win-win. Yeah. Winner-winner. Chicken dinner. And you could even probably buy chicken dinner on Amazon. (laughs) Probably. Using, you know, clicking on our link first will... I mean, we get it, I guess, like we get a pee if you're having shepherd's pie or something like that. There you go. that cool? So we get a piece of the pie. Oh, God. Oh, boy. All right. Well, how would you like to, speaking of money, how would you like to be able to pay for your RV adventures on your RV adventures? That would be a win-win as well. We are very pleased to have Heath and Alyssa Paget here with us today. Heath and Alyssa honeymooned across the country with a video camera in an RV while working in every state in the Union. Ultimately, that journey became the film Hourly America. Heath and Alyssa have hosted the RV Entrepreneur Summit, a gathering for like-minded entrepreneurs on the road, and have also written several books, including Heath's The RV Entrepreneur and Alyssa's A Beginner's Guide to Living in an RV, Everything I Wish I Knew Before Full-Timing Across America. 
She's also written 50 real business ideas for RVers, which is definitely something you're going to want to pick up, all of those books. Best of all, they have a whole series of tools on their personal site on how to make money while enjoying this wonderful country from an RV. Oh, and they've had the RV Entrepreneur podcast as well, which is one of our favorites. So, Plus, don't forget, they gave birth to the charming little baby Ellie, and now they take her on all their adventures. She's been to more places than many of us, and the baby pictures are super cute. Oh, thank you. Well, welcome. <laughs> yeah, thank Thanks, you guys for having guys. us. So I think if there's a lot of people that we talk to and they say, well, I, I want to go on the road, but, and there's always a but, and but, it's usually, oh, I, ha- I want to wait till I retire. Or, oh, I want to wait until, I don't know, the cows come home, whatever it is. And you have basically jumped in with both feet and share how others can do so too. So you're saying it's possible to make enough money on the road to support a full-time RV lifestyle. I guess in a nutshell, we are, but I I think every situation is different. And we were very fortunate in some ways to have kind of lucked into this lifestyle when we did in 2014. And also we, we, so to kind of set the stage, we were recently graduated from college, both at jobs and really wasn't an idea for us to long long term full-time travel. We just wanted to have an adventurous honeymoon which we did. And then it kind of continued indefinitely. But the idea was really just let's go see the country and maybe find a new place to live to start our lives outside of Texas summers and things like that. And, you know, we kind of figured worst case scenario was we go on this epic road trip uh, and then we come back and get new jobs or something like that. We had no idea that it would turn into shooting a documentary and building skills and video and then starting a production business that led to a million other things that we've done. <laughs> Um, on the road. Uh, It was kind of just like taking a shot and then figuring out as we go. And again, we came from a good situation that we had a little bit of savings. We were able to make this work. And then over the next years, we paid down our debts and did the responsible adulting thing. (laughs) But uh, luckily, yeah, been able to leverage the internet. And so far it's, it's working. You've, you've basically conquered all the barriers you had student loan debt and you paid those off Mm -hmm. while working on the road which is i mean super impressive a lot of people pay that forever so congratulations (laughs) on that uh you had a baby you started a new business you started a whole company that does booking systems for campgrounds while on the road you have your podcast you have the rv entrepreneur summit so do you, I don't see how you guys sleep, but <laughs> sometimes we don't. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> what kind of skill set do you think it takes to do to make enough money to be able to support a full time RV career? I think being adaptable is probably one of the biggest ones because if you've traveled and worked at all, you know that like little things like just a solid internet connection can be difficult to find. So being able to be adaptable and to think on your feet and realize whenever you need to hop in the car and like drive to a Starbucks because you're going to be late for your meeting and your Wi-Fi isn't working is going to be really key. And then other than just like being an adaptable personality figuring out like what are your skills that you can 
monetize and how can you take them? Like if you're working a full-time job, how can you take your skills and make it into your own thing? Cause I think that's the biggest struggle for a lot of people for Heath and I, we were lucky that we were young and dumb enough that we hadn't like, we didn't really have any careers yet. We had, I think we both had like eight months of career experience whenever we quit our jobs and started traveling. So not a lot to go on. Um, but you know, if you've actually had a job, had a career, then you probably have a lot of really good skills, but maybe you haven't tried freelancing or starting a side hustle or going into business on your own at all and kind of taking an inventory, figuring out what you're good at. And I really, from there, you can make almost anything into a business that you can travel. I think the only thing that I've come up with so far that you can't is to be a nanny. That's the only thing I can think of. Unless you travel with us and want to be our nanny. Yeah, that would be that would be cool. Maybe you get a little like a smaller travel trailer and tow it behind your motorhome. Oh, we just have really big storage bays underneath the RV that you could just make, make into yeah, make a little mother-in-law suite. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's gonna be a big hurdle to find somebody willing to. But you never know, people. You know, people are willing to do all kinds of crazy stuff. And well, on the subject of unusual stuff, what are some of the more having interviewed so many people and so many styles of jobs? What are some of the more unusual things you've heard people doing? I have to tell you the most unusual one I've ever heard because I heard it last night. We had a we had a call with attendees to that are coming to our RV Entrepreneur Summit here in a couple of months. And one of the girls introduced herself and she said she's a prosthetist. So she makes artificial limbs for people while she like travels. Wow. Like huh. in her own RV? She doesn't make them in her own RV. She like oh. goes to different like offices that do this and like help them get their business like up and running. But it was just like, okay, if you can make artificial limbs while you travel in an RV, then you can pretty much do anything. <laughs> we've we've also met, I mean, a lot of people think go specifically thinking about like tech related jobs. And obviously the internet is what makes this possible mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And there were, there were jobs that were remote before the internet, but salesman. I mean, it was more like salesmen or other travel, you know, like not as easy and prevalent as it is now, you know, doctors, lawyers, we had a, a lawyer on the call last night. She's, she's remote and doing everything from the road. And so it is a lot of the newer tech friendly jobs, whether you're creative designer, developer, e-commerce, like the million other jobs that can be done remote, but it is, it is always interesting to see. The one thing that I always find fascinating is when people are like, they will come into maybe like the, our Facebook group and they'll be like, Hey, I really want to work remotely, but, um, what are the jobs I can do without like being tech friendly? And I'm just like, if you're going into this and not being adaptable and thinking like, I'm going into this and I'm not good at technology, like the one central thing that I've seen for people that have been able to figure this out is like Alyssa said, they're adaptable. They figure it out. You, if you go into it thinking like, I don't know how to do something on like tech related like you've already kind of lost in many ways because you're going into it with a closed mindset so well i think too a lot of those people will specifically say like a laptop which i'm like well that's like the number one tool if you're gonna need to run a business you're removing the uh, the best possible like invention to like work remotely Mm -hmm. and uh and just saying like i can't learn it so well one of the one of the things as you may or may not know i came out of the rv industry and i managed sales at an rv dealership and there were people who were buying RVs from us who were using them full time. One of the 
opportunities was we were in a fairly rural area up here. So traveling nurses and medical professions were, were people and trainers, people who would travel around and train people on a specific subject was another one. And I even sold an RV to a dude who did PA systems for rodeos and he bought a toy hauler to haul all these <laughs> nice. speakers and stuff. And uh, he would go around to rodeos putting up PA systems. That is really cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, those aren't, those aren't tech uh, centric jobs. Right. But I mean, I think it's still as a traveling healthcare professional, right? Like you're mm -hmm. going online to find these opportunities, you're coordinating them, like getting paid remote. You know what I mean? Like there's, you're still leveraging technology, even though, mm -hmm. even that that's not the central part of your job. Right. I, th I think being completely technology averse is probably going to, to hurt you somewhat if if this is what you want to do but sorry then, I, i'm off my soapbox now oh that's okay <laughs> I have many soapboxes, but that's one of them <laughs> well and i wonder how many people because we talk to a lot of people who are um let's say older than than you two maybe closer to our age we're kind of middle-aged um and there's a lot of people who i think are afraid of doing this because they've established a mindset that, oh, you can't do it, or you have to, quote unquote, go to work, or things like that. I wonder, do you have any thoughts on resources to kind of untrain people from that stinking thinking, for lack of a better description? <laughs> I think in some ways, it's hard for us to be relatable. Yeah. Like, I think if we were to even say something, whether it's like advice or thoughts, like, and I was older, I mean, I may be like, well, I'm in a totally different situation than you are, Heath. Like, I've had a career for 20 years. I've got a house. I've got a mortgage. Like, I've got friends nearby. So, like, in some ways, like, I think maybe we're not the best people to be relatable in that scenario. But I will say, like, we have friends who have made that transition, who had, like, one of our friends that come to mind are Jeff and Deb Spencer. They now work with Dometic closely, and they've been to our summit for a few years. And she had her own chiropractic practice. He was um, kind of a higher up in Walmart management. And, like, they were comfortable and they didn't have to go out and hit the road. And they basically spent time planning and having to be a lot more thoughtful about their transition because they've had time to accrue more things and more relationships and more roots. But, um, they actually said on the podcast, they're like, we kind of were planning this for like 15 or 20 years. And I don't necessarily think that everyone maybe has to be that extreme, but, um, you know, we, it's definitely doable if you're kind of like thoughtful about it. I don't, I don't know where I'm going with that. I'm kind of trailing off no, here. No, no, that's I, okay. I totally, sometimes it just takes time. Yeah. Yeah. Some time, people yeah. are also just saddled by stuff. And sometimes yeah. it's just. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I fully admit I'm not ready to full time because I'm not ready to give up all my stuff. Yeah, yeah. Peggy has a, 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 a some stuff. <laughs> so anyway, I also also say that like I I think it's like it's one of those things. It's almost like with having kids or something. Like so some of our friends get pressured by like family or friends like have kids. And I'm like it's a big commitment. Like if you don't want to do it, like you shouldn't do it. And it's the same with like full time travel. It's like it's cool and it's fun if it fits what you want for your life. Mm -hmm. Like if you really do want to go travel, but you're like, I have this artificial belief that I can't do it. Then it's like, maybe that is the person who needs a pep talk. But if you're like, I just don't want to, it just doesn't make sense to me. Then it's like, Oh, that's no big deal too. You know, it's like, right. there's a no, lot of great ways everyone. to see the world. Yeah, exactly. 
Well, as we talked to Janine Pettit, the girl camper, and her husband just does not like RVing. So she <laughs> has gone out on her own and made, you know, obviously a whole business out of that idea. So it's, yeah, you're, you're right. It, a lot of it is what is it that you like or what do you want to do? And then kind of adapt from there. Some people don't really have that entrepreneurial spirit, but they still want a full time. So there, I know there's jobs out there that like you can work for someone else. You can be a camp host or you can pick sugar beets or work work at Amazon packaging or something. Well, even beyond like, those are like very RV specific jobs. Like if you go, like we were just at the Tampa super show, they've got a booth there and a sign up for them, like come and do like the sugar beets with Mm -hmm. us. And, and, I don't even know what that entails. It's not on my bucket list of things that I want to do. <laughs> but there are definitely jobs like that that are very specific. Like these are jobs that we market just for our years. But there's also a million other jobs that are just companies that hire remote workers. I know my sister, she works for a recruiting company. She's fully remote. Her husband fully remote and he works for Fidelity Investments. And it's like, those aren't necessarily things that you would think, oh, I could travel while doing this job. But so many more companies are making that transition of not wanting to have all the infrastructure and offices and not wanting people to have to deal with the commute and letting them just work from home wherever they are. So if you have that solid internet connection, like that's always going to be the number one concern for any employer but if you can get that then you can pretty much take any gig on the road nowadays yeah Yeah. it's it's amazing how mobile we have become thanks to decent internet and we we saw some new options in quartzite that just knocked my socks off so i'm talking to them more i'm gonna try to try one of those things out and see what we get yeah but there were they were streaming video in quartzite and I couldn't barely get a connection there, so I was impressed. Wow. I mean, uh, I'm just thinking that when Elon gets Starlink all the way spun out, which apparently <laughs> he just sent like another batch up of satellites. I was looking at reading an article yesterday and uh, like that's going to really change the game. Like they're talking about maybe even having paying customers in 2020. Yeah, wow. that would that would be incredible to, to get that going. And he yeah. has a track record of, of getting this stuff done. Other people say yeah. can't, and he goes, hold my beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hold exactly. my Chardonnay. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so if somebody is looking, I, you know, let's say we talk to somebody and they say, well, I'd, I'd like to at least look into this. Where is a good starting point for them to be? I'm biased, but I think one of the mm-hmm. best resources is honestly our Facebook group, the RV Entrepreneur. Um, and the reason I say that is because I think one of the most helpful things is like a lot of people when they're first starting to think about hitting the road, if you may not know anybody personally who is out traveling full time in an RV, like you may know like a friend of a friend or seeing people online, but you may not personally know anybody. And one of the things that makes it seem less crazy is like being a part of a community, even if it's online, who are currently doing that and just seeing what all the options are out there. And then you can kind of see which one is going to be the best fit for you. And maybe you can think like, Hey, look, I, maybe I'm not, I don't want to sit behind my computer all day, but I enjoy being on my feet. I enjoy like working with my hands. So maybe I'm going to look into an Amazon, you know, camper force job, but, or maybe you like working on your computer. You know what I mean? Like, but the first step is kind of just like demystifying it, making, you know, like seeing what's possible. And then you can pick what best reflects what you want. So like, 
I think joining a group like the Facebook group for the RV entrepreneur is really helpful. Um, and part of the purpose that I have for the RV entrepreneur podcast is kind of to do, do that in a different way, which is more just the stories of people and different ways they've been able to make it work because then you can kind of pick and choose like what's most interesting for you. And on a recent uh, RV entrepreneur episode of the podcast, there was a lady who actually sold her business in the RV Entrepreneur Facebook group. Yeah, a few years ago now, Danny Schnockenberg, I really hope I'm saying that correctly, <laughs> um, she sold her web hosting business to another RVer, and then she started another business from her trailer when she started traveling. From my recollection of that episode, we listened to a lot of your podcasts on our most recent road trip and she then started a consulting firm to help other businesses kind of get their act together yeah yeah which is i think a huge value especially because if a lot of, if you are like out traveling and you're still running your business then you're basically you're making this life you're making a lifestyle choice to like build your business around your life and not the other way around and so i think creating processes and looking at areas where you can trim fat and not waste time is super important so that's one of the reasons we you know had her on the podcast and i think she's really good at that so yeah it was it was definitely you know one of the one of the things no matter what business you're going in everybody has stuff that they're good at and stuff that they're not and uh, evaluating and knowing what that is and then moving from there is is an important foundation on which to build any business. Yeah, absolutely. I think we have some good places for people to start if they think they would like to make a full-time career on the road. And you have provided some outstanding resources, which we'll share in our show notes and on our website. And, and lastly, I remember you're saying you had taken Ellie on something like 12 plane flights already? 13. Wow. Yeah, I just booked a couple of more actually this morning so she's a little <laughs> traveler that one yeah yeah i mean she's gone more places than a lot of adults right she she definitely has and that was something that we talked about a lot when we were pregnant is do we want to travel with her and the question was really more of like do we want to give up traveling and be stationary and go back to quote unquote normal life, get a house, all that sort of thing. And after a couple weeks of being in one place, just while I was pregnant, I was binge watching like YouTube videos of travelers. And I was like, yeah, we like absolutely have to get back to traveling with Ellie. We're just not after so many years of RVing, I don't think we're meant to be in one place for, for longer than like a month. And so, <laughs> being able to travel with her we did her first trip with her when she was four weeks old which i wouldn't recommend we were just like so stir crazy we just needed to get out of the house and we were like totally not prepared to travel with a baby two or three months was a lot easier to start traveling with her but just getting over that hump of that fear of traveling with a kid early on that now whenever we're going on a plane or drive days in the rv going anywhere it's not like it's a difficult thing anymore. It's just like, oh, this is mm -hmm. this is life now. We're used to it. And granted, like we had full time traveled for five years before she was born, so we had a good amount of travel experience to be used to running around airports and juggling suitcases and all those sorts of things. So it wasn't a totally foreign concept. Whenever we started traveling more with her, an adjustment for sure, but a very very worthwhile endeavor, at least. In these first eight months of her life, it has been. The main difference is I just have to carry like way more bags. Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> That's how it works. 
<laughs> so, well, one of the things I can tell you as as now an adult, when I look back on my childhood, the most precious memories are the travel memories with my parents. So, mm-hmm. it I completely applaud what you're doing. Thanks. Yeah, Heath and Alyssa, it's been a real pleasure having you here, and I really appreciate your providing some ideas and a whole set of resources for people looking to. You know, not wait until "quote unquote" I retire to get on the road. I think today's the day, and uh, you guys have provided a great resource for people to make that move. So, thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks for having guys. us. So that was really cool. Thank you, Heath and Alyssa, for joining us here. And boy, if you are looking to become an entrepreneur on the road, Heath and Alyssa, I think, are sort of the the spokespeople for that. But there are also people who would like to make money on the road who may or may not have that entrepreneurial spirit. And next week, we've got another alternative for making money on the road working for other people. So uh, next Thursday at 8 a.m., there will be a new Stressless Camping podcast, again, about making money on the road uh, differently than Heath and Alyssa did. But how can you help support this lifestyle? Well, there are a few things that others have told us that they do that kind of help out as well. So, of course, one of the common things that full-timers do is they'll sell off their sticks and bricks house or their traditional home and get rid of all their stuff, move into an RV, and just go. However, we've also talked to people who don't take that drastic a step, and we have friends who kept their house and even kept their stuff and kept the stuff kind of in one room of the house, and then they rent their house out on things like Airbnb and VRBO. And so the house basically pays for itself while they're on the road, and they get to keep their stuff, and then when they want to come back to their home, they just don't make the dates available on Airbnb or VRBO, and boom, bang, bang, there's the house still there. Another kind of similar way of doing it is to rent out your RV while you're at your sticks and bricks house. Right, and, so that's making money when you're not on the road. Right. And and I sold RVs to a guy who did nothing but rent them. There's services like RV and Go and Campendium where you can actually rent your RV and make money. It There are people who are paying for their RV and then putting money in their pocket. And so it's a, it's another alternative to justifying that RV, whatever size it is. There's people who rent teardrops to class A's. So uh, whatever you have or have wishes for, there are probably people out there who would like to rent it. So there you go. A couple of ways to justify the RV lifestyle if, if you need to or want to. And uh, speaking of the RV lifestyle, one of the best things about it is going places. Right. And we asked Heath and Alyssa what their favorite place to go to was the way they said it, if they could only make one more trip and their top choice was New Zealand. Yeah. And they didn't take their RV there. (laughs) They rented one when they were there, but it's hard to fit in a suitcase. Indeed. Yes, it is. Well, let's, let's hear from them again about New Zealand. Let's do that. All right. Well, we are we're back from a break and we've talked about Heath and Alyssa 
taking Ellie all over the place. And do you have a, a favorite place that you've been? And you've been in not only across the U.S., but Australia last year, right? Australia, New Zealand, and New Caledonia last year. Wow. And Canada. Wow. So what's your favorite RV destination then? Well, you said East Coast a minute ago, and I was thinking Maine immediately. But I think if there was a place where I was like, I could only RV two weeks, and I can never RV again, I think I would probably go back to New Zealand. Oh, hands down. And so you, South Island. You rented an RV and traveled around there, and that was fun to follow along on your we journey. did that for two we did that for two months and it was amazing mm-hmm. and we would we're actually trying to scheme up a way to go back this year even though our whole plan this <laughs> year is to go buy a campground in the u.s which is contrary to like flying around the world to go like rent an rv um it just sounds like fun and we had <laughs> anyone s- wants to caravan with us in new zealand shoot us a message we're yeah, down i think we should just <laughs> breathe that dream into reality we loved it it was the whole the whole country is very camper van friendly so like when you roll into a town it's like camper van park Parking this way, dump station over here. Uh, it's very outdoorsy. The whole country looks like Alaska and Hawaii had a baby. And so, like, um, you know, if you just w- roll up to anybody and ask, like, where's your favorite hike, you know, they'll have an answer for you no matter who it is. You, so, you would say, what's your favorite walk? Right. They call hiking walking. Well, yeah. It's very confusing. And then they'll probably tell you about like a three day hike, a three day walk they went on. And you're like, wow, I was thinking more like a, you I know, meant good to get a cup of coffee walk. or something. <laughs> exactly. You rented the RV separately or did you go with a package tour or how did that work? We rented the RV for two months and whenever we checked in, they actually pulled out two maps, a map of the South Island and a map of the North Island and said, where are you thinking about going? And we kind of like threw out some options and they helped us plan our route when we were there, like picking up the keys. And so they actually had the company we went with was called Wilderness and they actually had like trip itineraries you could download, but you could go anywhere. That's very cool. And and the pictures that you shared were incredible. I mean, it, I was drooling all over my keyboard looking at that. <laughs> Which is why I had to get a new keyboard. (laughs) (laughs) Now, how would you rate the cost of something like that to traveling around here in the U.S.? Is there a big difference or? It's it's expensive. Um, And I would even like now after doing Italy, like going to spend a month or two in a country uh, and doing it by motorhome, uh, in our experience at least, has been about the same amount as it would be, if not more, than like just staying in one place in Airbnb. But we still prefer that method of travel. But I would also say we rented like the mo- the nicest. This was like almost a celebration after we paid off student debt. Hey, mm-hmm. go on an expensive trip. Kind of dumb, <laughs> but we wanted to. Um, and so it was a definitely on the higher end of motorhomes that you could rent. But there's also people that go do like six month trips to New Zealand and they'll like buy a, a minivan or something and convert it and, you know, like sell it at the end of their trip and, you know, live super cheaply. So like with any type of RVing, it's all, what is your budget? Where, how, do you want to stay in more freedom campsites is what their boondocking is called in New Zealand or are you going to stay in the camper van parks and stuff like that? So mm-hmm. it totally depends. Um, we were able, I would say that like, it's the actual rental of the rig itself that is going to be what's expensive because food's a little bit more expensive over there, but camping fees in general, you can camp for free way more over in New Zealand, but actual RV park fees or holiday parks there are going to be almost the same as they are 
in America. So some of the costs are pretty comparable, like gas is pretty similar too, but yeah. it's that actual cost of the daily rental of the motor home that's going to really blow your budget. And the flights over there from the U.S. are probably going to be pretty expensive, but we just signed up for two Amex cards from Delta like six months in advance and, and basically did it all on points. Yep. So that was helpful <laughs> as well. That's outstanding. Very cool. So New Zealand is, is definitely the place to see. <laughs> Absolutely. We love it. Yeah. Well, thank you again. And uh, we appreciate we appreciate your sharing that with us. And hopefully we'll have a few pictures we can share. One of those bucket list destinations is yeah, RVing sure. in New Zealand. 100%. Do you want to go to New Zealand? Yes, let's go. I know. I, I would love to go. And we will go. We will go someday. Future. Yep. Yes. So that's on our list of destinations that we would like to go yep well there you go that is what we have for you this week uh, our takeaways are how you can make money on the road and maybe some tips for helping you justify the lifestyle right uh, it's it's a great lifestyle and whether you're full-time or part-time or you know weekend warrior or van dweller whatever style the only wrong answer is staying home yeah yeah so get out there and enjoy this beautiful country. And one of the ways to do so is on our website, we have our discounts and deals. And I just added another one and redid that page yesterday. That's right. He so, changes it, you know, constantly. Yeah. Well, I want to reflect the latest discounts and deals. And I'm kind of twisting arms and, and kissing babies out there <laughs> to try to get you things that we actually use and enjoy and a savings on those. Yep. And so there you go, discounts and deals page on our website. Um, we also have a Facebook group where there's some discussion always going on. You can ask questions and all of that. And uh, we really appreciate if you tell a friend about this podcast. And one way of doing so is leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, your review kind of tells Apple, hey, yeah, people are listening to this. And then they tell other people and so on and so forth. And right. Just like that old shampoo commercial. Indeed. <laughs> so we are, of course, in all the social places. And you can find those at StresslessCamping.com, which is where the discounts and deals are and more. And if you don't want to miss a future episode of the Stressless Camping Podcast, believe it or not, it's free to subscribe on any podcast app. That's right. We are saving you a seat around our campfire. Thank you again for joining us here at the campfire. And until next week, when we talk about making money on the road, happy, happy camping. camping. We hope you enjoyed this week's adventure. Time to get out on your own journey. Don't forget to leave the review on your favorite podcast app and visit StresslessCamping.com for photos, stories, an RV calendar, and more. I'm Stressless Camper Larry Richardson wishing you happy camping.